Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to the Fabrication Friday podcast. I'm your host, Joe Fairley, certified prosthetist, 3D printing enthusiast, and owner of Ascent Fabrication. Fabrication Friday is an all-around fun time where I talk about 3D printing applications, conduct interviews with industry leaders, and much more. Come join us every Friday for an informational discussion around the evolution of the additive manufacturing field and how we utilize various digital workflows and 3D printing methods in our daily work at Ascent Fabrication. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Fabrication Friday. Uh, I'm your host, Joe Fairley, certified prosthetist and uh, owner of Ascent Fabrication. Uh, this podcast is oriented around just an overall fun time introducing some um, really bright-minded people within the 3D printing industry, as well as introducing some prosthetics and orthotics-oriented uh, individuals. So today, uh, I apologize if you hear a little bit of commotion in the background. I'm currently dog sitting for my parents. Um, so apologize if something's going on in the background here. Uh, but today I'm very excited to have two very special guests on with me. We have Cindy Laurent uh, and Tyler Bray. Cindy and Tyler are good friends of mine. Uh, we met back in about 2017 now, I think. Um, quite quite a long time ago in uh, you know kind of the grand scheme of things for what's been going on in the world today. But um, there's been a lot of developments in our own personal paths, uh, but we've all stayed in touch and uh, continued to do some work together within the 3D printing realm and prosthetics and orthotics. So, Cindy, Tyler, thank you very much for being on the podcast today and, uh, you know, looking forward to having you on and, and hearing your stories here. Thanks for having us on, Joe. Yeah. So, uh, so Cindy, uh, can you introduce yourself and um, kind of give your your background in prosthetics and orthotics? Yeah. Um, my name is Lauren Cindy, and I am a technician of um, other um, prosthetic and orthotic. Um, I'm I'm working in the field since two thousand eleven, and and yeah. And I've been um, working on the 3D since 2016. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you, you've you kind of gone through the entire development of becoming a prosthetic and orthotic technician. Um, you see patients um, primarily in Haiti, right, in Port-au-Prince. Yeah. Um, so you were uh, working for a group down there called Healing Hands for Haiti. Um, for a period of time, uh, but you've also started your own business down there, right? Yeah. Um, I said um, I started in the field in 2011. I started with, um, with an NGO named BRAC, um, BRAC um, yeah, in Haiti to BRAC 80. Um, I, there I got um, my training and start working and learning. And after I can say after two years, you know, there's a lot of needs in, in the field in Haiti. After two years, I start um, like seeing patient as well. And then after I grew up in the field and then join, I joined HHH, um, Healing Hands for Haiti for a period of, period of time. Yeah, I can say um, 2016 um, to 2023. So yeah, 
it's yeah. been a long time working in the field. For sure. You have a, a wealth of knowledge clinically. Um, you know, I got to see that firsthand, as did Tyler. Um, we were introduced to a group that was going down to Haiti in Port-au-Prince, um, specifically with Healing Hands for Haiti. Um, there was the Enable Community Foundation at that time, which kind of spurred out from a group called Enable, which was a global volunteer organization um, that was organized by a group out of uh, Rochester Institute of Technology in New York, where uh, they were attempting to kind of bring some light to 3D printing as well as helping out kids uh, with some birth deformities of their hands. Um, so they were coming up with these neat uh, kind of superhero themed prosthetic hands. Uh, you know, we uh, they were a little bit, uh, I would say, cumbersome and, um, you know, not as clinically oriented as they probably could have been starting out. But, uh, you know, we there was a group that that came off of that, the Enable Community Foundation that um, was really targeting, uh, trying to help out some of the upper extremity amputees from uh, the earthquake in Haiti in, in 2010, um, as well as others that came after that. Um, so the, the three of us here, Cindy, Tyler, and I know each other from that experience. Um, you know, we were uh, kind of commissioned to um, have this 10-day training program uh, that was in conjunction with the Victoria Hand Project out of Victoria, Canada. Um, we've got uh, uh, Joshua Coots, who was involved with that at the time, um, and he was uh, kind of more of the, the brain behind some of the mechanical engineering of their upper extremity prosthesis. Um, and then uh, we have Michael Perrion now, who is continuing on uh, and continuing working with uh, Cindy and Haiti here with the 3D printers. So there was, uh, as maybe you can see here, if you're watching the video, Tyler's background, we've got seven Ultimaker uh, two yeah. extendeds uh, that were that were brought down in rucksack bags. <laughs> I mean, this was a little bit thrown together and uh, we didn't quite know we were, what exactly we were getting ourselves into. Um, and I think that's kind of a, the uh, kind of what happens a lot for some people who are new to any kind of international interactions like this. Um, you know, we know there are a lot of obstacles to implement any kind of aid support uh, in a clinical sense with patients, um, trying to make sure that any type of project becomes sustainable on the ground. So that was kind of our initial um, introduction to the project in Haiti, where we wanted to train the local prosthetist, orthotist to use the 3D scanners, the digital modification software, uh, mesh, mesh mixer to actually create some devices for these patients and then use the 3D printers there to um, provide these devices for people. So it was kind of over the course of about uh, almost two years, right, that the project was in motion. So um, I was involved, uh, went down three times personally. Um, I had called up Tyler uh, to help us and go down intermittently. Um, in the meantime, Tyler, can you kind of introduce yourself now and, and talk about kind of how that started for you? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having us on, Joe. Um, yeah, so I was started in this whole 
prosthetics, orthotics, 3D printing. Um, really, when I started college, I reached out to John Schul at Rochester Institute of Technology for something to do uh, the summer after my freshman year. I was in engineering and was looking for um, a neat project close to home from upstate New York originally. And I got to spend a lot of time in his lab at RIT um, and met Jade Myers there. And this is how kind of I got involved with Enable. And that summer, it just so happened that Enable Community Foundation was starting their <clears throat> trips and this project um, down to Port-au-Prince. And I just remember being asked one <clears throat> day if I wanted to go down and be part of the project for a month. So I think you guys had already gone down and done some of the training and had kind of gotten uh, things going. You'd hired Cindy and Francois to kind of run that project. And then I was able to go down there for a month from uh, like pretty much the whole month of July, I think that first summer um, and help kind of be the point person between you, Joe, managing the project back in the States um, and being the point person for Cindy and Francois for any troubleshooting and that sort of thing. So they were the clinical experts and my role was a little bit of mechanical troubleshooting on the equipment and just kind of being a liaison back to the States. So that was a life-changing experience in and of itself. And the that was my first time really in the P&O field and has really sparked an interest in it for me. And I've felt like even though that's not what I do for work now, um, that that's always been an interest of mine since then. Um, and obviously we've had these friendships formed from that and those have lasted. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, uh, we definitely were all very, um, you know, impacted by, by these friendships and these, you know, very welcoming people in, in Port-au-Prince and at Healing Hands for Haiti, you know, very fortunate to meet Cindy and Franco who excelled during this training program. And, um, you know, we had kind of hired them on as the 3D printing technicians um, in that sense to work with the uh, clinical group at Healing Hands for Haiti as well. Um, so yeah, Tyler, had you had any, ha had you had any experience in 3D printing prior to this? Um, I'd gotten interested in it in high school. Our shop class had a 3D printer. And so that was really my first exposure, you know, to CAD design, 3D printed, and so I took that to college with me as something I was really interested in. And I remember coming across the Enable movement at the time and thought that that was the coolest thing ever. So it just so happened that RIT was about an hour from where I grew up and the stars kind of aligned and everything took off from there. So, yeah, it was that's how I started. And then even after college, I worked in 3D printing, doing anatomical models for surgical planning at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. Um, I went to University of Pittsburgh for my biomedical engineering degree. And yeah, so then I worked at the hospital for a year um, with their engineering team doing anatomical modeling. Uh, we could do everything from tumor, like kidney tumor models to orthopedic, uh, hip pelvis models, um, brains, that sort of stuff. So that was my, um, that was my, big um, job in 3d printing so far and i really really enjoyed that that's pretty neat what kind of 3d printing were you guys using for those models 
Uh, it was all SLA. It was all SLA. Yeah, SLA. Yeah. Yeah, so that, form labs or what we were using yeah those are some pretty pretty detailed prints you know um, a little bit different than the uh, the fdm printing that we were doing in haiti but you know all all good 3d printing all the same yeah um so yeah we had you know that training program tyler was extremely helpful you went down twice right tyler was it two or yeah i went down for a month that first time as we were kind of getting the project up off the ground and yeah. then I think after the summer, someone came for a month after me and helped kind of run things. And then for about nine months, we let Cindy and Franco own it down there on the ground. And then we, I went back with Jade Myers and Andreas and a woman named Emma. And we went back down for about a week or 10 days the second summer. Um, it's kind of like a check-in reevaluation of the project. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We had, um, one of my other good friends, um, from that time, uh, where I was at, uh, Merrimack college. And I met this guy, Peter Larson, who now works for mm -hmm. form labs actually. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, I think he's down in maybe North Carolina or that kind of region right now working for form labs. Um, another very bright individual who is very passionate about this project. Um, uh, while we're name dropping here too, uh, initializing that uh, that ten day training, Jeff Aaronstone, uh, very well respected and uh, amazing uh, certified prosthetist, orthotist in the field, um, helping to give this uh, project a lot more of a clinical approach. Um, you know, I think he was extremely instrumental in you know actually having a. Um, you know, a main focus around what that care was going to look like once we actually, you know, formulated a, uh, a device, something that could be 3D printed in Haiti. Um, you know, what materials were we going to use? Um, how are we going to suspend any upper extremity, you know, devices? Um, a lot of this was a kind of in a more hybrid traditional approach where we had, you know, figure eight, figure nine harnesses um, for some of these devices um jeff was very focused on another individual that's near and dear to our hearts um and jade myers as well uh so danny and danny was a um a patient down there with us who kind of absolutely lit up the room right you know we uh we were working with her for a period of time trying to get her prosthesis fit well and uh jeff was extremely instrumental in that so you know kudos to him for an amazing job down there. Um, so Cindy, when we were actually going through the project and, um, you know, implementing some of these new devices, um, what did you think about that overall experience, you know, getting the training and then trying to implement it with patients? Yeah. Um, first of all, um, the 3D, uh, when I heard about the 3D, it's like, something kind of like i cannot imagine it's like something so huge something um magical when i um first um faced the 3d um like take an image and bring it to a, a tangible object it's like something i cannot believe i just want to be there to see what's gonna be happen so finally i take the training and 
um thank you guys you are my you joe and tyler you were my um personal trainers i learned a lot from you and then you can be proud of me by the by the time of what you helped me accomplish and learn in the field in the 3d field so it was like a very um extremely um bright experience in the 3d printing so I uh, we use it a lot like the fit patient as you said um this is a kind of revolution in the piano field and you know it's like um it's coming and it's kind of make our work easier and then like um we can like um serve a patient in in a short amount of time and it's like with with precision you know mm -hmm. And it's very, it's very awesome. That's a, that's a great point to make. So what did you see as some of the benefits of using 3D printing and the digital workflow there? Yeah, it's like, um, it's beneficial in like, in like many aspects. It's like, um, it took less time, less energy. Like, I, I mean, like physically, physical energy and and um it's it's cost less and then it's like as i said it's like a kind of revolution in the in the piano field um comparatively to the conventional um method and then the 3d printing it's like completely different uh, it's like um it's uh, the cost is very low comparatively to the conventional and yeah, and the patient likes reusing the 3D printing because it's sometimes light lighter than the conventional one. Like the, the I'm I'm talking about the devices. Right. Yeah. So aside from it being maybe a little bit more low cost because of maybe reduced labor hours that were involved, um, you know, possibly some reduced. Uh, material costs, although there's the shipping cost involved and logistics on that end of things, which always, uh, you know, kind of muddies the waters a bit. But some of the feedback that you had from the patients, um, you know, what was that like? You said that they were uh, saying that they were lightweight, uh, but what was some other feedback from the patients? Um, after the lightweight, and patient like some we we can like manage manage the um the the thing, the skin tone patient like you know um we we have different kind of materials that um we can if the patient need need like um um like a better approach to the to the to a skin tone we can like try to make it happen the patient especially the the um the female patient they the they are like very picky and about like um trying to be like more real you know so um they they are like um they they like it so much yeah that's great to hear too um uh, just being able to uh hopefully help match some skin tones a little bit better um or in some different ways and give that very anatomical look um 
you know, being able to 3D print almost the entire device, in some cases, helping to lightweight it. I think that's, those are some really big benefits to um, having that patient take that on as their own, right? And be, and be proud of that. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. So with that, um, you know, how did you, were there other ways that you used the 3D printers that were there? Yeah. Um, as I said, um, the, I, I come, come back again with the word of revolution. The 3D printing is like revolution in the whole area of like um, piano for me, especially because it's make me more creative and always trying to find a solution using the 3D printing. So um, I'm not only using the 3D printing like to make um, prosthetic and orthotics, Sometimes I'm trying to fix the problem around me with the 3D printing. Yeah, and I and me entirely was work we're working on a project um to make the uh, the D wing we can call it buckle like to use in a in a finishing like um and when you are like making an autosis, sometimes you need like buckle to make the strap, you know. So like the to make the finishing like we 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 were using to printing to use um to um to um produce those like kind of items so we not not no longer buy those things again so we to print them at home and then never buy out again and then as well I made a lot of like new project um with the two D printing. Um, um, I re recently I I make a project with you, Joe, like um, feeding a patient with a DB spleen. Uh, it was uh, incredible. Like I think um, in Haiti, um, you helped me like I'm more creative with the 3D printing. I can say I'm the only one like using the 3D printing in Haiti to like to feed patient like this. I'm very grateful to have um, your expertise on that. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we're very grateful to have your expertise in the clinical side of things too. And, and being so enthusiastic about implementing this, you know, in a place like that, you know, that doesn't come without its obstacles, obviously, you know, there's definitely some, some things to overcome. Um, can you speak to that a little bit on what were some of these obstacles that we faced that, um, we needed to, find solutions for? Um, one of um, the obstacle in using the 3D printing is like you always need um, energy. Yeah, um, like for example, this is one of the issue that we face a lot um, because of energy, we can like use a, a print like for nine, eight, 11 hours, like you lost the material, the time, and um, you like feeling sad by by your parts like not coming away and not coming out like as you hope hope for. So the electricity is like is a huge problem, and then the humidity and um 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 and 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 also the like it's it's, it's kind of easy for you because. Um, when you are coming in Haiti with the with the materials, like you make a plan for that because um, 
you have the the project okay but for us if we are using the 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 3d printing it's become a little bit um more difficult for us to get the materials from from the states because um shipping costs can 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 be a problem and it's like it will take time to to reach out to us right yeah i mean that was still going to be our our ongoing battle of shipping logistics to continue to replenish filament, right? Um, you know, the, the 3D printers are great, but unless they have enough material in them, they're not going to be making any devices. So yeah, sure. Uh, you know, that's, that's, I think, always kind of an ongoing logistical issue that, um, you know, we're still trying to, to work on incrementally. Um, Tyler, did you see some of those same obstacles? Were there, was there anything else that you picked up on there? Yeah, I think, Cindy touched on the big ones of the power, and I was just looking at the the picture behind me. We had little uh, battery backups that could. Yeah. That was one of our workarounds that would buy us about an hour of time if the generators in the complex uh, didn't kick on and the government cut the electricity. So that could buy us about an hour, but that was that was a big hurdle for sure when we were doing these eight, nine, 10, 11 hour forearm prints. Um, so that was a big one. Yeah, Cindy spoke to the humidity. I remember we had a bunch of storage bins with, uh, that, and we would try to absorb some of the humidity out of those um, with some of those dry packets and stuff. Um, and then like clinically too, um, I know patient transportation was a big issue. Um, from the from the clinical side um making sure people could get to appointments and that sort of thing was was another big hurdle for our team down there yeah for sure you know having any kind of transportation for some patients wasn't even an option right so i think there on a couple instances there might have been someone that went to pick up a patient and and help bring them to the clinic um you know, from what I remember of us interacting with them. Yeah, the the battery pack that you're talking about there with the, the UPS, the universal power supply. You know, so from my recollection, um there was a there was a generator at HHH, right, that would that they had to feed with gasoline um in order to have power at all for the day, right? Um so they would they would fill that up and then right around lunchtime uh, right, 11, 12 o'clock, uh, they would shut off the power practically every day, right, um, in order to save on on energy, um, you know, and to and to allow that gasoline to make it through the the rest of the day, um, you know. So that definitely was a little bit of an issue. One, I remember at least one time where we didn't have gas for a day for for whatever reason either it was too expensive or they, they ran out and couldn't get any that day. Um, so we were kind of, you know, sitting ducks of, uh, you know, not having any power and, you know, obviously the, the digital approach doesn't quite work without electricity. So that was a, a pretty big hurdle that I think will always still kind of be around, um, as some kind of obstacle, you know, now they have some printers that will, um, if power is lost, you can restart the print right at that location. 
um, you know, and they'll remember where that print was lost. However, um, you know, you think about the physics and chemistry of laying down plastic and sometimes that plastic wouldn't bond well uh, if it's sitting around for hours at a time. So um, what kind of material, Cindy, were we, uh, or, or, or I could speak with Tyler here. Um, yeah, Cindy, what, uh, what kind of materials were we speak, were we using down there in Haiti? Uh, I mean, uh, you mean um, the material you, um, we're using to, to, to print? print? Yeah. Yeah, um, we're mostly using the PLA. And um, yeah, because it's like um, better to use, I, I, I guess, for, for that moment. And then we have also the ABS, but we mostly use it for like check circuit, but not the... Um, final circuit so we use mostly the pla and to make our work yeah right yeah we were using pla uh which is also affected by humidity so that definitely sure. had an effect on it um for most of the you know cosmetic uh aspects of the of the device some were structural and i think with some very unique design considerations were pretty strong as is from Victoria Hand Project. Mm -hmm. uh, did you start to get into some polypropylene 3D printing there too? Yeah, yeah. Recently, and has uh, you know, um, I was not mentioning it. Even you mentioned um about Puffycare. Puffycare is like um a new company. Um, me and uh, Josue are studied. With your help, for sure, because you were in the foundation of uh, of this company, like um before the company was on like as a project on papers, and then you helped me to make it like real. So now um we we um this June, it's like uh, yeah around June it's like our two years, uh, existence yeah, and then inside the the perfect care. Is a um center that we provide prosthetic and orthotic care, and then as well the three D printing is is part of our clinic because the I can say that three D printing is like the interface of uh of the clinic, and uh, we use three D printing a lot. <clears throat> we are using as well to to provide patient care, like give them Victoria Victoria hand and hand like for free, and we print it. Um, we we were um the print the printer that we are using it's um Ilsebaker three um extended plus donated um by VHP and also materials that we can give um the patient the prosthetic for free so we also um have some donation um like some polypropylene filament that we are using as well for some of our works so most of the work that we are using filament um polypropylene filament is for our covers and then we are working on a project out for lower lane um socket but it's not um it's not quite like okay for now because we need a lot of um other logistics that to make it happen and and yeah for sure we use we also using the Filament, um, 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 
Polypop Island filament to make like some check circuit because it's like it's a clear filament that we can see through um uh with um how the um patient um don't fit the the socket if it's like too tight if it's like too loose you can see through it it's help very helpful to make a a, a check circuit as well right so you were using the kind of natural color uh polypropylene which is yeah slightly transparent translucent um you know when it's printed thin enough right mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, if we tried to print PETG down there, uh, that really wouldn't go too well. <laughs> you know, it's very yeah. hygroscopic and soaks up a lot of moisture from the air. So that's a huge benefit of us trying to use polypropylene. Um, was that the material as well that um, you and I worked on for the um, the Clubfoot project? Uh, so what we did for for our listeners, we ended up um, Cindy was with the patient. He evaluated the patient. Um, he called me up and said, look, Joe, I want to design these, uh, AFOs for this patient for this club foot device. And, you know, would you help me out with the design? So I said, of course, you know, this is the, the beauty of, of digital design that we can do this from apart. Um, so we went through the, uh, the mesh design for those devices. And then I, I also, you know, was able to slice it in Cura and just send Cindy the, the G code and it worked on the first shot actually. Yeah. And, uh, was it, was it polypropylene that we used or was it a different material? Um, polypropylene <clears throat> because I, I made it a little bit like flexible, but, but like strong, you know, this is for a baby yeah. and that we are using a ready made, um, um, a ready made, um, club foot um, device for him, but it's grow up, it's the fit is big, um, to become big, it's not fitted well. So we need something bigger and then we couldn't find um, another like big um, device for him. So I said, this is the beauty of the 3D and has just said, we can 3D printing something for him. So I take the, uh, I make the assessment and then take the cast, um, um, rectify the positive and then <clears throat> scan it, send the Jake, um, the STL file to, to Joe and we work, we work on, on it, like our video call mesh mixer, we like, um, get it done as a G code and I print it out, assemble, fit the patient and still not the patient is using it. Yeah. That's, that's wonderful to hear, you know, again, yeah. just to be able to collaborate like that so efficiently um, and, and be able to provide a, a 3D printed device to a patient in an effective clinical manner. I mean, I think that's, that's a huge win yes. uh, on all fronts and, um, and not to say that, you know, it was working for the patient too. So, you know, your clinical expertise of making sure that device was going to fit um, taking those scans and and actually fitting that device to the patient was was huge. Um, again, we're able to kind of heat modify um, those devices as well with polypropylene, very easy to heat modify. Um, did you end up uh, putting any padding in the device? I know you attached it to the, uh, the Lou Dobbs bar, right? That metal bar. Yeah, I do put some padding inside because, you know, I was using screw to attach the bar, like um, the abduction bar. So 
um, you know, for the patient protection, like for the skin protection, I, I do have to put some padding inside just to protect the feet of the patient. Right, right. Yeah. And again, another blend of kind of a traditional approach of other materials that weren't 3D printed, but, you know, implemented in a way that was effective for the patient. Um, so that's, a, that's, again, it's an awesome experience to be able to work with you like that. Um, and, and now we're yeah. going to be able to work together again, you know, with, uh, with ProfiCare, um, hopefully continuing on, um, when things kind of calm down in Haiti and, uh, sure. you know, we're able to, you know, work together to, uh, maybe implement even more printing down there at the right time, you know, with the, hopefully some lessons learned from this experience of, you know, working with, with you and Tyler and, and the rest of the team down in Haiti over those couple of years, you know, let's, uh, let's see what we can do with ProfiCare. Sure. Sure. This is the next goal. That's it. That's it. If you wanted to 3d print anything for those patients, um, you know, what, what is the first main thing that you think would be very beneficial for them to, to have? Um, repeat the question for me. Yeah. Is it, what, what do you think is most beneficial for uh, those patients? Is it on the prosthetic side of a prosthetic socket? Is it the orthotic side? Um, you know, what do you see as ProfiCare using the 3D printing for? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, the biggest challenge now it's like using um, the 3D printing um, for the prosthetic, for the lower limb. It's very, it's something that people are using a lot, like the lower limb. You know, after 2010, we have a lot, we have a lot of um, disabled people, especially lower limb. And the lower limb is like the um, the most using. So some 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 people not um, they are they are not like having too much problem um, like with a transradial amputation they can move they can do anything but one is one less it's like lower limb um either trans um tibial or transcremoral it can be um a very very challenging for that person likes to move to like still um um doing like his, his stuff like um go to the supermarket mm -hmm. um go to church go Every, any anywhere in it so that the, the prosthetic sites um especially lower limb is very important it's something that we are trying to see uh, what what we can do to to make it um works because uh, you know the components the prosthetic components are very expensive mm -hmm. and then like um some of some of like um the user in Haiti they don't have like a lot of money to to buy a prosthetic so if we if we can bring the 3d printing in like in the lower limb prosthetics it can lower the course and can um we, we will probably um can can serve more patient you know this is yeah. a challenge right now yeah absolutely um you know with the lower limb population being about i think it's about 80%, 70% to 80% of the actual overall amputee population in the world. Um, it's obviously a huge, um, huge need for 
yeah, coming up with maybe some new ideas for componentry, even, um, you know, yeah. having, having the ability to 3D print most of that on site, I think, to help um, get around some of those logistics of the shipping time and costs and um, just overall, you know, trying to create a more positive experience for the patient um, with being able to provide them a device that is lighter, uh, that is that is cheaper, and, um, you know, that is appropriate for them, right? is really what we were trying to get to with the Haiti project and, um, you know, ongoing again with, with ProfiCare. So I, I can't wait to see what we're going to do with, with ProfiCare here in the future. Um, Ascent Fabrication is going to be fully supporting uh, ProfiCare uh, moving forward with this logistical support of uh, maintaining filament supplies. And again, we'll see at what, what time it makes sense for us to uh, implement that again. Uh, yeah. when things are when things are looking good down there and um, you know readily available to see patients safely um, yeah might even have to enlist Tyler's help again to uh, to come down and uh, you know work with us a little bit yes it's a real pleasure pleasure to have um, but um, um, all of us like um, involved together in a project yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I think we uh, we had a really nice experience this week, too. Um, you know, so just to give you a little background of we're actually recording this a day late uh, only because Cindy and I just spent about 16 hours in a car together <laughs> um, yeah. with, me, with me an extra an extra few hours. So um, we uh, so Cindy right now is out on. Um, out in Massachusetts, uh, living there with a host family. And we were, um, we, I wanted to bring him out to a conference that RIT was putting on the, uh, AM print center at Rochester Institute of Technology. They had a, their multifunctional additive manufacturing symposium that was put on by, by Jade Myers. Um, she is one of the, she's a, PhD candidate um, in uh, more so the applications for 3D printing with prosthetics. Um, and she also is a manager for the 3D printing lab, the AM Print Center at RIT. So she organized this event, uh, bringing together industry experts in 3D printing everywhere from the prosthetics and orthotics field for you know FDM 3D printing to Mark Forged with metal printing um, there was actually a lot of metal printing that was spoken about at the event, which was pretty interesting. Um, so we went out there to give a presentation on some of our, um, you know, clinical applications and some of the use of quote unquote, non-traditional materials in 3D printing, um, which was mainly uh, ColorFab's VarioShore TPU. Um, which we use quite a bit for our flexible inner sockets for prosthetics um, and a whole lot of other applications, partial foot uh, prostheses and shoe inserts, foot orthoses, um, inner boots for SMOs, um, you name it. We're trying to use this very lightweight and um, versatile material to create some cushion areas as well within these devices. So utilizing the power of 3D printing technology of 
just general infill patterns and percentages um, with some interesting, you know, design for additive manufacturing techniques, we're able to come up with some pretty nice results for the patient where we're seeing, especially for um, below the knee amputees that uh, we have a lot of uh, cushion regions around bony anatomy that is helping to reduce skin abrasions and improving overall um, comfort within the device. So I was speaking on that during the presentation. Um, Cindy and I got to mingle around and network with a lot of uh, 3D printing experts there and then get reunited again with, with Jade, uh, one of our colleagues who went to Haiti, um, and Jeff Aaronstone, another, uh, like I said earlier, a very integral part of that project. Uh, so that was really neat to have all four of us in one space uh, at one time here. And, and I'm extremely grateful for that time. You know, thank you, Cindy, for coming along with me. And, uh, you know, although it was a lot of driving back and forth, um, you know, I think it was very well worth it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's my pleasure. It's me to thank you because I cannot made it without you. So you uh, sacrifice a lot of time driving and it, I, I, it's true. It, it was an enjoying moment. And um, the driving, especially, we uh, we are talking a lot about project, um, future project, and our like um, relationship in the past. Like many things, we talk about many things. So, and as you said in the conference, I learned a lot. Especially, I have in the um, 3D printing, um, especially for prosthetic and orthotics in the piano field. Um, um, I learn new things in, um, like, um, 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 it's like, it's like, um, 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 you, um, the conference rake some ideas like the yeah. that were sleeping and behind, you know, in the brain. So, um, it was very helpful in, in meeting, um, um, some friends. It was a wonderful moment. So Tyler missed us in this conference because um, he's the only puzzle <laughs> that we, we cannot like put together. So hopefully the next time we will make we will make it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wish I could have been there, but the the pictures were spectacular. I'm really glad you guys were able to go there and learn and get to spend that time together yes yeah it was a great time um well i mean again thank you guys for you know sharing your experiences here with 3d printing in in haiti um you know there's no shortage of of obstacles to overcome there but i think that you know this team was very driven to again help make this sustainable with uh with the project starting in 2016 and and continuing on today in in some aspects, you know, it may not look like the uh, the seven 3D printers uh, behind Tyler right now, um, you know, but uh, there's definitely some 3D printing still still ongoing and Victoria Hand Project is still supporting, you know, this as well. So we're very grateful uh, to their, uh, you know, collaboration and uh, those efforts from their team. So uh, but yeah, thanks again, Cindy, for sharing your experiences uh, with us today and, and Tyler, you know, uh, as well. 
Um, is there anything else that you'd like, you know, the the uh, audience here to uh, to learn from or to hear from you? Um, I I thank you so much for bringing me here. It is it is a very new experience for me, and then um, hopefully, I I made it at thirty percent. So <laughs> you were great. Uh, it was great. So. Uh, me especially, I I I need to be like more capable, like to use the three D printing for like um in my in my domain, you know. Um, one thing I I I'm trust I'm focused on learning right now. I know you guys are the perfect person that I can that I can like that I can directly for for this um knowledge. It's like I want to enrich my knowledge in in some CAD design, like especially in Mesh Mixer and Fusion Fusion 360, so that I can able to create and my own design and then um be able to serve more patient, like especially in in uh, according to their needs. Yeah. And, and with that, you know, you are now an official digital CPO and 3D printing technician with us at Ascent Fabrication and, you know, involved with your uh, profi care, you know, it is one in the same. So, you know, I'm excited to, you know, continue to work with you on, on those aspects and see how that can evolve. So, you know, really looking forward to it. Um, if anyone's interested, you know, listening today to hear more about uh, Cindy's experience in working in Haiti, um, as well as learning more about ProfiCare. Um, you know, ProfiCare, I think, is going to be one of uh, the very next uh, emerging entities within the medical field down there in Haiti. So pay attention to their progress um, with Cindy and the rest of his team there, Josue. And, um, you know, we'll see what we can do to assist them uh, from afar and and in Haiti in the future. Um, you know, feel free to reach out. I will uh, include some links to a website and an email address for some contact information. But yeah, again, thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Cindy, for, you know, coming on today. And, um, you know, looking forward to working with you guys in the future. Great. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Well, that's Fabrication Friday, everyone. Thanks for listening to this podcast today and uh, tune in next week for, for more of this goodness. All right. Thanks and have a good one. Bye.